Amen. It is a, a blessing to be here and see many faces that I do know and a lot of faces that I don't know. I'm here to uh, for a preacher do-over, actually, if you, if you know what I mean. Amen. But uh, praise the Lord. If you could open your book, your Bible, to the book of Job. Amen. To the book of Job. And I'm going to start reading right away the first uh, 11 verses. So if you follow along, I got a lot to say in just a short time. In fact, I'm going to teach you the whole book of Job tonight. How's that? And I, I don't have far to drop. I just go across over to the next little house here. Amen. That's where I go. No, I'm, I am going to teach the whole book of Job, but I will be very short. Did you ever hear a preacher say that before? I'll be very short. All right, Job. All right. Job chapter 1. Verse 1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one uh, his, his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. Hmm. You know, I can relate to a lot of, to several characters in the Bible. I hope you have some favorite ones. Peter is one of my favorites. I can understand and relate to Peter. Moses, I can understand and relate with, to Moses. Uh, some people I can't. Jacob, I can't. I don't know. But God says, Esau, have I hated? Jacob, have I loved? And many times I said, God, why do you love Jacob? <laughs> you know, he's just a schemer and a conniver and a liar. And, you know, and he's like, but he loves them. I thank God he loves you and me. Amen. Amen. Thank God he loves us. Praise the Lord. I can relate 
to this character in the Bible, Job. I'm not like Job uh, at, at all, but in fact, I weep every time I read through the book of Job. When I get to the book of Job, I, I either, at the most, I'll take two days to read it, two of my you know, personal time of the Lord, or I'll read, or I'll just get a couple hour period and read through the whole book. But I often weep when I read the book of Job, and it's one of the oldest books in the Bible. And in fact, in, in verse 30, chapter 31, and in verse 33, he says this If I covered my transgression as Adam, by hiding mine iniquity in my bosom, I wonder, did, it almost sounds like he knew Adam. It almost sounds like he, he knew Adam, or he knew all about Adam. And so it's, a, it's an old book, and the, uh, it's one of the oldest books in, in your Bible. Well, uh, the reason I think I like the book is because I have what I consider... Um, a Job, a Job moment of time. All right, and uh, I, um, I can tell you what happened back in two thousand and six. Back in two thousand and six, I just re-home, returned home from an evangelistic uh, meeting that I preached a week long meeting in Saint Croix, Virgin Islands, and it was. It was called Iron Man. There was an Iron Man competition on the island going on, and uh, Pastor Ed Cullen was on the island, and he invited me to preach for a week long to all the pastors and men in their churches and spiritual Iron Man meetings. And so I went down there, and I had just preached uh, a whole bunch of messages that I called my care ministry. And uh, I made booklets. I made books. Of, of uh, about 20, I don't know, 20 sermons in it. And I made books and I brought them and gave them to the 11 pastors that were on the island, Baptist preachers on the island, and Ed was 12. And, and, uh, and, and it was good. It was, it was good. And I had many, um, t- there were many testimonies that week about, the preachers giving testimonies about thumbing through it and finding some answers to some counseling questions, basically, that they had had. Well, anyways, my wife and I flew home, and boy, everything was just great, wonderful, and uh, it, it was a blessing. And about, and I kind of wondered, how did, how did I get away with that? You know, because usually the devil's right there, and interfering and he didn't interfere at all on the island and we got home safely and everything was just right well that was like a Monday or Tuesday on Saturday of that week I got a phone call on Saturday that my sister was murdered my half-sister Anne-Marie was murdered her husband they got into a fight and her husband killed her and I had a hard time processing that. Sunday, we had a freak snowstorm Sunday morning, and it blew up the computer in my church, in my office, in, in my church office. Monday, I went to court for the arraignment uh, for my 
brother-in-law, and uh, he, he actually confessed to the crime. He did it in front of their daughter. And so uh, he got 20 years to life, and actually I just got a note just um, a few days ago that he's out of prison and in a halfway house right now. And so uh, that's, uh, I got to deal with that yet, too, in my heart and in my mind. Um, that on the way home from court that Monday evening, my car caught on fire and burned down. The whole thing just burned up. <laughs> I get home Monday evening, and I'm starving because we didn't have anything to eat. And so my wife is cooking up a meal for us. She's a great cook. She's cooking up the meal, and she says, this house feels cold. And so I went and looked at the thermostat, and it said like 50 degrees. The furnace stopped working on me on Tuesday, uh, Monday night. And uh, so Wednesday, I find out that a partnership I had, I found out we were in debt. My wife and I were in debt $9,000. And you got to know me, I don't owe anybody a dime. I even pay my bills ahead of time. I remortgaged our home years ago, and the bank and the bank lady said, I have to do a credit score on you. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. And she did, and she came back, and she said, I've never seen a credit score this high. I said, what is it? I have no idea what a credit score, credit score was supposed to be. She said, it's 828. And I said, all I do is pay my bills on time. I said, doesn't everybody pay their bills? <laughs> she said, no. <laughs> Amen. So I had to pay $9,000. I paid it off in one year. I didn't buy a cup of coffee. I didn't buy a donut. I did every penny extra that I had. I put that down and paid it off in one year. On, uh, that was Wednesday. On Thursday, we buried my sister, and at the funeral hall, I got a phone call, or not at the funeral hall, in the, um, in the cemetery, I got a call. We had scheduled a ladies, a big ladies conference that Saturday morning, and the couple that was coming to do the ladies conference and preach for me that Sunday got sick and couldn't make it and couldn't come at all. So now it's like I've got 10 churches coming to this event on Saturday. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to call 10 different churches on, on a Thursday and tell them we don't have any, you know, we're not going to have it on Saturday morning. So I asked Mary Lou, I said, if you could have anybody come and teach your ladies meeting, who would it be? And she came up with um, uh, Nancy Motley, amen, out of Rochester. Dwayne, Dwayne preached for me. So they dropped everything and came and was a blessing. It was Nancy Motley, if you know her, that actually led my wife to the Lord when she was uh, very young. Amen. Amen. So that was, uh, so that took care of Saturday, Sunday. Now, mind you, I have... No car to drive. It's burned up back on Monday. And so Saturday comes. I'm walking back and forth to church, which is a half a mile. It's 
no big deal, but I'm, I'm walking to church, and, and uh, one of the church families I've been dealing with, they wanted to take the keys away from Dad, you know, Grandpa, because he just was driving a little unsafe, and they wanted me to help them. And so that Sunday evening, Grandpa says to me, he says, Pastor, what are you driving to get to church? I said, I'm walking. And he said, here's the keys to my truck. You can, you can drive my truck as, until you find something for yourself. And I said, thank you very much. Amen. So I didn't even get his truck home. A deer ran in front of me, and I smashed the whole front end of his truck. I had seven, these seven things all happened to me in one week. I was a basket case, all right? I, 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 remember, I remember saying, God, I just want to quit. I want to resign. I want to go live in a cave somewhere. I don't want to deal with people. You know, I, I just wanted out. And, uh, but I'm also smart enough to know that when you're in a crisis, you never make a life-changing decision when you're in a crisis. You just kind of ride it through. Wait till everything kind of settles down. <laughs> and and uh, I think of Job, when I think of it, he, he was worse off. He was a lot worse off. Yeah, the theme of this book is, why do the righteous suffer? And, and, and that's a good theme. And, and it's a very good question. Here in our story, Job, really, he's a very well-to-do man. Oh, by the way, I, I forgot part of this story. My, my computer was resurrected. My furnace was resurrected, amen. And I found out that 20 days, 28 days before my sister died, she came to know Christ as her Savior. So she's going to be resurrected. Amen. My car, total loss. Can't, get, can't resurrect that. But here in our story, Job really is a, is a well-to-do godly man. He has, in verse 3, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-ass, a very great household. He had his fortunes, really, in textiles and transportation, food manufacturing and distribution. He was rich. He was wealthy. He was well-to-do. He was a very successful man. He was good at what he did. And then in verse 12, the devil's given permission to deal with Job. And God gives the devil permission in the lives, really, of all believers. And can you, imagine, can you imagine Job in heaven, when he gets to heaven, and he sees that there's a book named after him written, and, Job, and he reads that book of Job, and he said, what? This was all a test? <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine that. And, uh, I, you know, I can imagine saying, Job saying, I had no idea it was just a test. So, anyways, look at verse 12, if you would. I want to read a little further. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. And so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine, in their eldest brother's house. 
And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, the asses feeding beside them, and, uh, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, fell upon the camels, and have carried them away. I'd like to see somebody carry a camel away. But, uh, you know, uh, they carried them away, yea, and they slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. You know, here we read about the devil, how he kind of orchestrates all of these calamities, one right after another in Job's life. He seems to have this whole thing uh, choreographed, if you please, with these four messengers and, and their news getting worse and worse as each one of them appears before Job. In verse 14 and 15, first messengers arrive, food, food production and manufacturing collapses. Verse 16 is textile industry and all his workers really are burned up and killed. Verse 17, his distribution center literally is wiped out completely. And he sees another messenger coming and I picture him kind of just hanging his head in disbelief, almost expecting what he's about to hear. In verse 18 and 19, it says all his children are dead. And one day Job loses everything, everything. The devil did all that to get a reaction from Job. And what will he do now? What will he do next? That sort of thing. In verse 20, Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, and worshipped. I thank the Lord that when I was at my sister's burial in the cemetery, I, I, was, I was losing it. And I remember my wife saying something to me, and I said, I said, I've got a lot of emotions and things. I'd like to quit, resign, live in a cave. And, you know, I, I told her all that. I said, that's all really just nonsense and stupid thinking. I said, I really need God. I need more of the Lord in my life. And I worship that we went there and we sat in the car and we just worshiped and praised God for his goodness in our lives. Amen. And, uh, man, I, I don't care wh where you are or what you go through in life. You need to worship God. You need to stay close to him. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you, the Bible says. 
And Job said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all of this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Look with me in chapter, we just finished chapter 1. Now we're going to chapter 2. We only got about 40 more chapters to go. <laughs> chapter 2 and verse 1, look with me there. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Put but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and I will curse thee, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. And so went Satan forth in the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. You ever wonder why God has to destroy the heavens and the earth and create new heavens and a new earth? I think it's because the devil and his angels have access presently to the throne of God. He is, after all, the accuser of the brethren. The devil says, just let me have his health. Just let me have his health. Let me hurt him. You know, let, let, let me cause him some pain. Uh, you know, let him, let me, let me make him un, as uncomfortable as you possibly can. He'll curse you to his face. And so, in verse eight, Job it says he took a potsherd, a potsherd to scrape himself withal. He sat down among the ashes, and then said his wife unto him, "Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die." But he said unto her, "Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What?" Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Amen. I like Job. Job doesn't say to the woman, shut up or anything. He doesn't say, submit, woman. He he doesn't do anything like that at all. And uh, he doesn't call her a fool either. If you look carefully at the passage... He's very respectful, I believe, in his conversation with his wife. And he says, you're speaking like a foolish woman would speak. Don't do that. Don't go there. And so I think he remains or retains a good relationship with his wife. But when these three friends, he's got three friends that show up. And they had uh, called ahead. They had made an appointment that's in verse 11 of, of chapter, uh, chapter 2. And uh, chapter 3, Job speaks of how hard life is. And by the way, life can be hard. And life isn't fair to everybody either. 
You know, people say, it isn't fair. You're right. Life is not fair. That's why you need God in your life. You need the Lord in your life. Just so you can try to make the right decisions every time something goes wrong in your life. And, and make right decisions for you, for your family, for your church, for your job, for your community. Every day, day after day after day after day, we need to see God's counsel in his, in his mindset. Amen. He makes, a, he makes a statement, Job does. He said it would have been easier to die as an infant, as a baby, than, not, than, than, have, than to have to experience really all the hardships in life that we have to experience. Boy, you know what happens? The next 30 chapters is nothing but all trash talk. <laughs> it's just trash, trash talk with Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar and lots of drama and lots of emotion in there. And then... Job chapter 31. Look with me there if you would. Look at that. We jumped all the way to chapter 31. Amen. You're a little happier now, aren't you? Amen. In chapter 31 and in verse 35, it says, Oh, Job says, Oh, that one would hear me. Behold, my desire is that the Almighty would answer me and that mine adversary had written a book. Job is, he's at kind of wit's end. And I think I, I sense him like yelling out, I wish someone would listen to me. Amen. He said, I wish God would tell me what's going on. You ever ask God that? Did you ever get to a point, a time in your life, things start falling apart and you're going, God, what's going on? I asked God that. I asked him that. I wish I knew all the, what was happening to me and why it was happening to me. I wish someone would tell me what this is all about. I can see Job just yelling that out. He's had enough. <laughs> and for the first time in the whole book of Job, God speaks to Job in chapter 38. Look in chapter 38. Chapter 38, right in verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, in the Willie version, it says, who do you think you are? But look what it says in the King James Bible. It says, who is this? that darkeneth the counsel by words without knowledge. Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. You know what he said? Gird up your loins. Put your man pants on, Job. And so uh, re, uh, look at verse, chapter 38, look at verse 4. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Where were you, Job? You know, and if I'm right, 
if I'm right, God asks Job 82 questions in the next couple chapters. God is relentless to Job, and he just keeps laying it on Job. And look at, look at verse 18. Verse 18 of chapter 38. Hast thou perceived the breath of the earth? Declare if thou knowest it all. Look at verse 25. I'm just picking, picking and choosing verses. Who hath divided a water course for the overflowing of waters or a way for the lightning of thunder? Look down on verse 31. Canest thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? You know, uh, look at verse 41. Who provideth for the raven his food? When his young ones cry unto God, they wander for, for lack of meat. Where are you, Job? Do you know the answers to these questions, Job? Why do you keep asking me? Uh, why do the righteous suffer? Why is this all happening? Do you, do you have answers for my questions? He says, can you explain to me, Job, in verse 24? I think he says, do you, do you know? Oh, no, let me, uh, yeah, verse, back up to verse uh, chapter 39, verse 13. Look at that. Gavest thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks, or wings and feathers to the ostrich, which leaveth her eggs in the earth and warmeth them in dust? and forgetteth that the foot may crush them, or that the wild beast may break them. She's hardened against her young ones as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain without fear, because God hath deprived her of wisdom. Neither hath he imparted to her understanding. Wow. Do you know why I made the ostriches that way, Job? He, he goes on to say, do you know why? Job in verse 24, do you know why a horse is afraid of a grasshopper? But yet he can charge fearlessly into battle and give his life if necessary. In Job chapter 40, turn with me there. In Job chapter 40, verse 1, Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? Are you going to contend with me, Job? Are you going to strive with God? Are you going to wrestle with God? Are you going to argue with God? Are you going to struggle with God? Are you going to instruct him? Are you going to straighten me out, Job? <laughs> he that reproveth God... Let him answer it. Are you going to reprove me, Job? Are you going to rebuke me? Are you going to reprimand me? Are you going to scold me, Job? God says. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer? What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. You, you know what? You can argue all you want with God. 
You can shake your fist at God. You can argue all you want with God. Why did this happen to me, God? You, don't, you can argue with God all you want, but just as long as you know and you understand that God is always right. He's always right. Every single time. Because he's God. You can justify yourself, you know, uh, before him at your pleasure. Just understand, he's God. He is always right. Did you ever ask God, why, why did you allow this? Why did this happen? And you never got an answer? I don't correct God. God corrected me. I don't, uh, I don't change God. God changed me. Amen. I, I'm not interested in all the new versions and what they have to say in rewriting the Bible. I want to keep rereading the Bible. Amen. I'm reading it for the sixth, my 60th time through. Uh, uh, brother, my New Testament, another 25 times. But I, just, I, I, I want to read it as many times as I am years old. And I'm old. I was born way back in the 1900s. Yeah, that's old. Amen. So I've got a little ways to go yet. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 6 in Job chapter 40. Then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man, and I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me, Wilt thou also disannul my judgment? Are you going to cancel my judgment? You're going to make my judgment void? Are you going to abolish my judgment? You're going to try to break me, Job? You know, are you going to... Uh, you know, are you going to disannul my judgment? Will thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? Hast thou an arm like God, or canest thou thunder with a voice like him? God goes on to say, did I ever tell you about my pet behemoth that I made <laughs> in chapter 40 and verse 15? Or, or how about my little friend Leviathan the dragon in chapter 41? You know, God has a plan. God has a will for everyone's life. I believe God has a purpose and a plan for everyone's life. The will of God is the same for everybody. God's plan and purpose for your life is different for everybody. And I believe that uh, God has a plan and God sees the big picture. Amen. And you and I are just a small part. In that picture, a small part. And, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a, a picture, a puzzle picture in the foyer in our church building years ago. Big puzzle picture of cats. Cat, kittens. Ladies like kittens and, you know, everybody likes little kittens. And uh, it was a puzzle. I put it all together, big, nice, big puzzle. And I took the centerpiece out. And threw it in the garbage. Amen. And, it just, and I put a little thing at the bottom of the picture, and I said, this is our church without you. It's incomplete. 
It's incomplete. And uh, Job, look in chapter 42, look in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be without be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself. I disgust myself. I loathe myself. He says, I abhor myself and, I, and repent in dust and ashes. Basically, his reaction to God is this. Life is more than me. It's more than me. It's never about me. It's never about you. It's always about God. It's always about God. God's plan is supreme. It's bigger than you and I could ever even imagine or understand. I am not. Didn't Jesus say, without me, ye can do nothing? I'm nothing. You're nothing. Amen. And, uh, and the only thing we can do is glorify him. Glorify God in and through our lives. God says, you ask me why all this happened to you. You ask me why do the righteous suffer? That's only two questions. I had 82 of them and you couldn't answer any of them, Job. Just, Job, just glorify me. Church, just keep glorifying God. Put him first in your life. Give him the preeminence. Make him, isn't that the first and greatest commandment? Love him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Amen. And Job repents of his self-righteousness. He takes his eyes off of himself. And look what he does, something very unique, very important. Because now we can know the rest of the story. <laughs> it says in verse 7 of chapter 42, And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken to me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Therefore... Take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering and my, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept lest I deal with you after your folly in that ye have not spoken to me the thing which is right like my servant Job. And so Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, so far the Namathite, went and did according as the Lord commanded them. And the Lord also accepted Job. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job 
when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. This is prayer meeting night. Be sure when you go home to pray for your friends. Pray for others. Isn't that the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Job received double for his trouble. Amen. And after, he, after that, he and his wife have 10 more children. He's probably around 250 years old when he dies in verse 16. And so no wonder that it's considered one of the oldest books in the Word of God. He lived one of those long lifespans the Word of God uh, speaks about. There, you just learn the whole book of Job in about 30 minutes. Pastor, you want to come? You're going to ask yourself a lot of times, why, why, why? And God, just think of that. God's got 82 questions for you. Can you answer any of them? Probably not. Just keep glorifying God. Stay on his side. Stay close to him. And he'll stay close to you. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? God, I ask you to have your will and way in this um, this Wednesday night Bible study time here, prayer time. God, I pray you'd work mightily in the lives of your people. Um, Lord, I pray that we would have even a greater desire to word, to read the Word of God, to read uh, the book of Job maybe once again for ourselves and see if it is not true, God. And, and Lord, help us to apply, God, what was taught today to our hearts and our lives that we might be more Christ-like, that we might be more like you, more forgiving, more understanding, more caring, and certainly more pray, praying more for our friends and loved ones. So bless us, God, this evening, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.